Welcome to Trails, Tales, and Spruce Tea. I'm your host today and the podcast producer, Shallon Jodry. For this episode, I talked with Tim Bernard. Tim is from Millbrook First Nation. He is the director of history and culture for the Confederacy of Mainland Mi'kmaq. He's also the manager of the Mi'kmaq Maliseet Nations News. He plays an integral role in the development of the Mi'kmaqi Debert Project, which is the future cultural center that's dedicated to sharing, protecting, and exploring the stories and lives of our earliest ancestors and those who have come after them in Mi'kmaqi. I come from a family of seven. Wow. Um, I have five sisters, a brother. We had a death uh, early in, um, before I was born. Um, his name was Timothy. My name is Tim, after mm-hmm. him. So that had a profound impact, I think, on, on the family, uh, my family. Uh, we grew up poor. Um, you know, we, we didn't do without, I can say that. So I don't know if, what the definition is of poor, but mm-hmm. we didn't have a whole lot, right? But we did have family. We did have family. Grandparents lived next door. They, uh, you know, my mother's family. So my mother disappeared out of the picture. We didn't see her for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, I was fortunate. There's people in the community that I really latched onto. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they kind of took me in as their own. I still lived at home, but up mm-hmm. until I was 14. And then me and my father just didn't get along. Um, let's pause for a moment yep. because I have to offer you water Good. and tea. Okay. You know, I went to university for not very long, a few months. I was struggling with, you know, why am I here? Why am I at this school to learn? And I was, mm-hmm. and looking at it later on, many years later, it's like, you know, it wasn't about what I was learning, it was about how I was learning. Yeah. Right? And I didn't really yeah. capture that as well as I, I had hoped in terms of, and I think a little bit of, you know, homesickness and mm-hmm. being away from the community. I think that all had an impact and finally say, no, this is not... This is not for me. But when that door sort of closed behind me, another door opened, and there was that opportunity to work with CMM, new mm-hmm. organization, claims, history. And I said, I'm interested in that. Spent many, many hours in the archives with Don, and Don was he's a military man, and you're familiar <laughs> with, with military, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's like we're going to leave at 7.30 in the morning, and we're going to get mm-hmm. there at you know, 8.30, and we're not leaving until I say we're leaving. So many <laughs> nights we, he put, I thought, not in a way he was testing me, but I think he, he kind of was just to see, you know, are you really cut out for this? So we, you know, we'd be in the archives, and, you know, archival documents, as you know, is they're, they're painful because they're, they're written mostly from a non-Indigenous, non-Mi'kmaq perspective. We're interested in piecing our history together at the same time, right? And I think that was really the the start of wanting to do more in terms of getting more mm-hmm. of that information out to the school system. Because growing up in school, like mm-hmm. we we didn't have access yeah. to a lot of the stories and the information. And in and, and, and in a way, and it's it's not a proud moment, but you didn't feel very proud of our people because that's the way the picture was painted. Like we right. were yeah. we were always the bad guy. For me, it kind of leads forward to, you know, creating that pride of Mm. of who we are and what we've endured and the fact that we're still here. The Mi'kmaq Malice Nation News, what it is called today, we want to focus on the good news stories. 
in the communities and uh, and I think we're yeah we're very proud that it's still still going strong mm-hmm. today. So you've just talked about your passion and desire to help the communities and the people and I can hear that in your story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also helping the message get out to non-Mi'kmaq, yep. you know. And why is that important? I think it's just a, if we have a better understanding of not only ourselves, but if people have a better understanding of who we are, where we come from. When Gerald was able to come on, we kind of resurfaced that discussion in 2006-7 with the provincial mm-hmm. government. And I said, well, if you can just like loan us Gerald, I said, we probably could make a go of that again. And he's been one of the keys to uh, to getting the story out. Mm. So you're, I think you're familiar with Gerald's um, work and it's presentation. Great storytelling. He, he's awesome. Yeah, like, blends you know, of cultural story and I, ecological information, and but he's just a good storyteller yeah. too. And, and you know what? Yeah. People say, Gerald, you're so smart. You say, you know what? It's it's not that I'm <laughs> smart. He said, but I have the opportunity to gain so much knowledge from everybody around me, mm. and I can put that in my visual way of thinking, and then spew that back out to people in a in a sen- in a way that pe- makes sense to people. It's like his art, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's an expression. But the leadership said we need more curriculum mm-hmm. based. So that was when we did the Mi'kmaq Whale Don Delhi Kiganamwik, and that was another piece that was directed at grades primary to nine. It was a teacher's guide. In order for one to learn, you have to be open to, to mm-hmm. take that information. And mm-hmm. I think we're seeing, starting to see that transformation um, bubble to the top mm-hmm. right now with governments being on board with mm-hmm. the, you know reconciliation and looking at the 94 recommendations. You know, we could have did this 21 years ago when the Royal Commission released. You're right, yeah. And some people weren't ready. Right. I've been having conversations with ecologists mm-hmm. about what our role is in in terms of being open to other perspectives. It's not just mainstream science way of thinking yeah. that species at risk recovery needs to happen. It needs to happen with, with Mi'kmaq perspectives and not just Mi'kmaq individuals involved. Yeah. I said, but where were you 10 years ago when I was trying to talk about this? Mm. And I said, we just weren't ready. And now we are, so, you know, let's move forward. It's true. Uh, people are becoming more open to, you know, just not just the Western way of mm. doing anything. And unfortunately, I, I think I'm a product of of that sort of Western way of thinking. It's, you know, this is how I learned. And, mm. and I didn't have that early influence of the mm. traditional side of things. Mm. Although there was opportunities like my father fluent speaker same mm. with my mother but i don't carry the language you know not that i'm blaming anybody but but they were led to believe that that was that era the only way forward yeah. is you learn english and you'd go to their schools and you learn what they learn so i'm not going to spend any time on mm. on teaching you what i know right because my father grew up in in Malagawatch. Malagawatch, i don't know if you're familiar with the area okay, yeah. so it's on you know it's it's surrounded by water that's mm-hmm. your supper, your lunch, your breakfast. It all comes from the water and the land around you. And uh, his mother and his father both, um, they didn't, they weren't born there. They weren't, they didn't grow up there. They ended up there, right? So this whole settlement of where our people come from, then people mm-hmm. tried to paint, tried to paint a picture of even all Mi'kmaq being the same, and we're not. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, what we do, what you do and practice mm. in Gaspoik is certainly something that 
may or may not be known in mm-hmm. Unamagi, mm-hmm. may or may not be known in Gespeg, may or may, you know? important about you know you bringing up residential school because I didn't know my father was in residential school yeah you know and it wasn't until uh-huh. um, of all places Washington DC Merdina and myself Leah Rosemeyer Don Kathy we all went there uh-huh. to open up a uh, an exhibit we were working on the letters remember the old Mi'kmaq was a collection of photographs that were that were taken in different communities in Nova Scotia in 1929 30. Merdina and I were at the DC show, and Kathy, and Don, and Leah, and it was a big to do for us. Like we're we're in the capital of, you know, the United States, and <laughs> we're at the Canadian embassy, and we got in. And Merdina said, took me aside and took me to this picture. She said, "You know what?" She said, "If I'm not mistaken," and I think she'd been she was sort of investigating or doing her little research. She said, "Your father is right here. Your uncle's right here." And this was a residential school photo. Mm-hmm. It was called Father Brown and the Children. And it was like, wow, I didn't know that. So I kind of like really took a step back. What a moment. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, you talk about, we talk about today about trauma and, mm-hmm. and then needing the space afterwards when you when you're hit with something like that, right? And, but just at that moment, and I don't, you know, just kind of went, my mind went kind of cloudy, I guess. But Kathy... Kathy's there, and she's coming down the stairs in his embassy, and she starts the gathering song, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's she's drumming, and and so that kind of brought me, you know, I I can't call it say it's I don't know spiritual or whatever it is, but it kind of brought me back into back into reality a little bit. It was kind of like a healing mm-hmm. moment, but from that point on, my journey changed, and it was to find out more about John B., my father, that was his name, uh, how he ended up there. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I had access to archival records, I had access to, um, didn't have access to him anymore. He had already been gone five years and he had never talked about it. My uncle was still alive. I talked to my uncle Roddy, I said, wrong. I said, Uncle Roddy, said, I understand you and dad went to residential school. He said, yes, we did. Wow. I said, but am I going to talk about it? No, I'm not. Is what people say about Drew? Yes, it is. I said, okay. I went, dug in there, and, you know, found a story, um, pieced a story together. Um, they were, um, there was no school in, in Malaguach. Their mother, um, she was encouraged by the Indian agent to send her boys off to residential school because it's going to be like college. So that's the other question I asked my uncle. So how'd you get out? He said our parents came and got us. So what? So that told me mm-hmm. that what was promised them wasn't the truth. Right. So we were talking about oral history and mm-hmm. writing things down. And so I'm like, if things weren't written down, You're like right. clues yeah, yeah, here yeah, and yeah. there, yeah. I would have been, yeah. I wouldn't been able to get Piece the story yeah. because the disconnection between mm-hmm. 
um, what we now know is important to storytelling, mm -hmm. but our parents didn't, didn't carry that on. I just wanted to really touch on the whole residential school um, and the impact that it's had unknowingly to our family. Like, mm -hmm. and like I said, that's one factor in the you know the way we were brought up in terms of mm -hmm. language loss, in terms of alcoholism, you know. But there's other factors too that are rolled in there, right? And you know, my father never he didn't live to see the of apology or the compensation or anything mm -hmm. like that right um, whether he needed that or not I'm not sure but again he never talked about it either never talked about his experience there so either maybe he just blocked it out if I'm thinking I don't know enough about myself how many other Mi'kmaq people are mm -hmm. are in the same boat mm -hmm. and they just don't know where to turn who to turn to mm -hmm. and is that you know, I'm sure part of the goal for us is to understand from where we come, mm -hmm. understand who we are, right? And I think that's important because people often say, and I think we've used this sort of as our guiding mission, you know, if you don't, you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you're going. You are listening to the podcast, Trails, Tales, and Spruce Tea, personal conversations and stories about land and culture in Mi'kma'ki. I was your host today, Shallon Jodry. The music was by Rose Muse and Nathan Waterman. Thank you, Walalan, to our guest today, Tim Bernard. <laughs>